If you are feeling a little less than head over heels with your work right now, you're probably not alone. We've all had pretty extraordinary times over the last three years or so. And I think it's really important to remember what workers, including yourself, have been through out there. It's been highly disruptive. It's been really strange. And yes, we're past COVID, but we're all still feeling the after effects. Between the switch to working from home and the uncertainty about whether our jobs would actually survive that you know, we call it the pandemic, our professional lives have been under some serious strain. Many out there, many of my clients are talking about that they've sort of fallen out of love with their work. It's not helped a lot of matters out there that these so-called lockdowns and the border closures and all the other stuff that was going on have made it difficult for us also to take holidays and to recharge. That's actually a really big topic. The pandemic, although it's over for most of us, has fundamentally altered our work patterns and it has also shifted our expectations about where, when and how we want to get the job done. Well, all this change can be pretty unsettling, but it can also spark new ways to rediscover your professional motivation. And generally that happens when we make our New Year's resolutions. And this year I actually thought I'll wait until February with my first podcast because a lot of my clients have New Year's resolutions. And generally I'd like to talk to them around about February, how they're going with their New Year's resolutions. Solutions. Whether you want to stay where you are or make a big career move, this is the year to fall in love with your job again. That is my mantra for 2023. So how can you take charge and get happier at work? Well, in this podcast, I'm going to give you my tips of how to find joy in your job again. And that includes things like managing your mental health, setting boundaries and rediscovering your professional motivation for 2023. Hello, everyone, wherever you are. I hope you are in good spirit. You're healthy and well. My name is Uli Shield, a.k.a. Mr. Career Tick. And in today's podcast, I'm going to talk to you about my tips, how to find joy in your job again for 2023. My clients and most of the people I know have New Year's resolutions and the New Year's resolutions usually are about new standards. Anytime you sincerely want to make a change in your life, the first thing you must do is to raise your standards. And one of the funky words for raising your standards is New Year's resolutions. Now, you may ask yourself, what do New Year's resolutions have to do with finding joy in your job again? Well, I think they are all connected to each other. Standards are the systems of how you live your life, including your work life. They exist as a singular document that you can refer to and check in on a daily basis to hold yourself accountable for. And so when we make New Year's resolutions, they often also have a correlation to our job, to our work life. And you may ask yourself, what sort of standards am I talking about? Well, 
the standards that are our personal metric, the measurement for how we act, how we behave, and how we live across the different areas of our lives, including work. And there's a list of things that we consider the bare minimum or acceptable for ourselves. And then there's a list of things that we want to lift. And that's what I call raising the standards. They may look like this. I will only spend time on things I enjoy or with people that I actually like. Have no time to live or spend above my means. I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Another way to look at this is if you say that your standards can also be thought of as your personal code. The rules that you set for yourself in 2023 and the rules that you follow in your life. They're also your ongoing process, uh, things like your habits, your behaviors and things you want to be consistently doing in 2023. So you may ask yourself, why bother with standards at all? Or why should I bother with lifting my standards? Well, between having things like journal entries, goals, core values and purpose in your life, we also need standards. And if we don't have standards, then our resolutions will basically fall to pieces. So if you want to get started, think of your standards as the minimum benchmark for your life. And they can be used to fuel the change that you're looking for in your life and particularly in your work life. They act as a form of motivation to drive you to not compromise the promises you have made to yourself. So when my clients talk to me about their New Year's resolutions, I usually listen to it and then I refer them back to reviewing their standards and to ask themselves whether they have actually lifted their own standards for the next year so they can actually achieve some or most or maybe all of their New Year's resolutions. And this is how I usually explain to them how they can actually create their first set of standards. So let's get practical. Let me talk you through that. Take a piece of paper or do it in your head if you're as good as that and create your first set of standards, the ones that you need to structure your new life, your new year for 2023. And the way I recommend it to my client is in these following categories. The first one is general. So general standard one, general standard two. Then your wealth, your new standard for 2023, your standard one and your standard two. Then your health, your standard one and your standard two. Then your relationship, your standard one and two. Then your learning and growth. So this is mostly related to your job, then your social standard one and two, and then your play or your work-life balance. So just to repeat it, general, wealth, health, relationship, learning and growth, social and play. That's what I call the standards. And if you write them down, that gives you your new standards and that's where you have your first standard and then the one that you raise. And that's basically your benchmark and the raised standard for 2023. 
Okay, and to make it easier, I'm quickly going to explain what a standard actually looks like. You can think of a standard as the bare minimum, so the things that are acceptable for yourself in each area. Or you can also think of them as what you aspire to be, but aren't quite there yet. So for example, a health standard, I will wake up every day at 5 a.m. You've lifted your standard. And by the way, I would struggle with that one. You don't have to go as extreme as 5 a.m., but you get the idea. Essentially, what it means is it doesn't mean that you will wake up every single day at 5 a.m. sharp, but it does mean that most of the time you will. So you may ask yourself, where do your own standards come from? Well, your standards are generally derived from your personal experience or your personal thoughts, the ones that you carry with you every year. And especially in those moments when you do your New Year's resolutions, you're thinking about your purposes, your missions, your core values, your reasons why you do things, the reasons why you're in your job and your list, also your virtues and your vices. So remember, that your standards are actually very personal to you. There is no need to share them with anyone else and there is no need for you to conform to anyone else's standard. So when you do your standards, don't compare yourself to other people. Just uh, look at your own standards. So let me show you some more examples of standards. So in the category general, you could have a standard of live my mission and my purpose daily. And then the lifted version, be busy from the time I wake up until the time I go to sleep. Okay, so now let's do a wealth example, live below my means. That's a difficult one for most people. And then lifting the standard is have six months of expenses saved. Okay, now let's go back to the health example. Remember the one with wake up at 5 a.m. every day? That's the standard. And now you want to raise it. You're going walk for 20 minutes every day, drink at least two liters of water every day. So what you've done is you've raised your standard. Okay, now let's look at the ones that have a relationship or correlation to your work life, like relationship. Spend time, no matter how brief, with my SO every day. That's your standard. And then your lifted standard could be have one date night a week. Okay, and one last example, let's take the uh, social one. Your standard could be only spend time with people I like, and the raised standard could be zero drama. Okay, so you can see it's really not rocket science. I uh, generally, when I do these resolutions, I have them uh, at the beginning of my notebooks and I use my standards daily. I actually like to remind myself of my raised standards for the year. And usually I read them in the morning and then quite often also in the evenings. But I don't review everything over the top all the time. I review them quite late, actually. I review them on a quarterly basis and this is just for me to read over them with some thought and checking that I'm actually still on track and that my raised standards are still valid. So why did I tell you that the raising of the standards is the first part? Well, 
I believe that if you apply it, if you take your standards and you use them to set your goals across, let's say, cascading timeframes, then in your life, uh, most of these standards will actually come through. These raised standards, most of them will come through. And that's your New Year's resolution. Not resolutions, not all of them, but most of them. Okay, now that you have your raised standards, the cross-check of your New Year's resolutions, you can take a look at the ways that I would recommend of how to be happy at work in 2023. And the first one that I'd like to talk about is directed at job hunters. What I always say to all my clients is you should try to find a job, a career that you genuinely, that you really enjoy. For most people, a career that they enjoy may mean that they want to find a job that uses the skills they are proud of in general. In other cases, a career that you enjoy could be work that you're passionate about or that you are personally finding very fulfilling. And to me, that is the beginning of good job hunting. You should really focus on finding a career that you enjoy. No employee is happy at work every single day. That doesn't exist. And even jobs you're passionate about can sometimes really be frustrating. I really know about that because I work in HR. Most jobs can sometimes be frustrating or tedious. But if your career is something you generally enjoy, and if it's something that you're proud of, you're more likely to feel happy at work. So take a look at yourself, your skills and your interests. And my recommendation is find something that you can enjoy doing every day. Okay, the next one to me is a no-brainer, uh, especially post-COVID, because all of us had a lot of time to reflect, and most of us have come to the realization that we now want to find jobs that give us time outside of work. Not everyone out there needs a career that inspires deep passion or speaks to their personal values. Everyone's different, and actually most people just want job stability and good pay. For many people, a job is something that allows them to create a lifestyle they actually value outside of the office or the production site they work in, etc. So my point here is you should consider what you want in life, what you want your life to look like. Do you want evenings and weekends off to spend with friends? Do you want plenty of vacation time to pursue your hobbies? Or do you want something predictable, a predictable schedule that allows you to be home with your kids or your partner every night? Even if you don't find a, a job you love, your job is the job you need uh, to live the life you want. And it's the job that allows you to create what you're looking for. You're more likely going to be happy at work if you find a job that gives you time outside of work. What I hear a lot from my clients especially towards the end of the year or the beginning of the new year when we go back to career coaching is, is this uh, sentence that they claim they feel stuck. 
And what I try to then convey to them is that they need to take charge of their own professional and personal development if they want to get out of that. Take charge of your own growth. You need to invest in your personal and your professional development. That's what I tell every one of my clients. And the only way to do that is you either do it yourself or with the help of a coach, you develop a plan and goals for your career and then you start pursuing them. Um, As for uh, specific, you should ask for specific and meaningful help, for example, from co-workers or even better from your boss. Look for assignments, for example, that will help you to achieve your career milestones or learn new specific skills either at work or otherwise. Nowadays, there's so many things available online and most of them are actually free. A uh, simple one is LinkedIn learning. There's tons of stuff on there. And then the next one is you should pursue opportunities and connections that you find valuable. And remember when I talked about raising your standards, stay away from drama. Even if your current employer isn't creating those opportunities for you, you should look for opportunities and connections that you find valuable. So network and do things outside. When you feel in control of your career, you can actually see yourself improving and growing. And when that happens, you're more likely going to feel satisfied in your current position. That's when the actual change happens. I hear this quite a lot from my clients that they feel disconnected. They feel out of the loop at work. And that is not a nice thing for anyone. Feeling out of the loop at work or knowing that you're missing key information that other team members or employees have can leave you feeling frustrated, dissatisfied. And uh, for most of my clients, the keyword that comes out is undervalued. But if you wait for someone else to fill you in, in the information that you need, it may never come. So the point I'm trying to make here is you need to start to take responsibility for knowing what is happening at work in 2023. And how do you do that? Well, for example, ask for specific and meaningful help from your boss. Look for assignments that will help you to achieve career milestones or learn specific skills. When you feel in control of your career, you can see yourself improving. That's what I said earlier. So instead of waiting to find out what's happening with your company department projects or co-workers or uh, clients or whatever, proactively seek out information that you need to do your job and make important decisions yourself. And maybe surprise your boss, ask uh, for weekly meetings or develop an information network and use it and assertively request that weekly meeting with your boss. And then when you get that meeting, ask meaningful questions. When that happens, you may find that your co-workers or your supervisors, i.e. boss, didn't realize there was a communication breakdown. When they realize this new you approaching them, 
that's when you may discover that your current office simply doesn't have a strong work culture of open communications. And that's your opportunity to make the change. That's your opportunity to raise the bar, to be an example. Either way, if you take charge of finding the information you need, you'll be better able to do your job and you feel a much greater sense of control over the trajectory of your career. And that's what I call finding or refinding joy in your work. Okay, the next one is not easy for everyone, particularly for introverts, but it's the number one item that will definitely lift your ability to find joy in your work. And that is asking for feedback frequently, whether that feedback is from your boss, from co-workers, from key suppliers, or anyone you work with, ask for feedback frequently. Remember when I spoke about lifting your standards and the standard was no more drama? That's essentially what that is. So receiving feedback about your work can either provide positive reinforcement that makes you feel valued or it can fill in key skill and understanding gaps that will help you to do your job and fit into your work environment more successfully. If your boss, if your coworkers are not used to giving feedback, if you aren't receiving regular feedback from your supervisors or coworkers, then you should start to be proactive about requesting it. And don't be too pushy, you know, do it in small steps, go from nothing to bronze, from bronze to silver, and eventually to gold. It might become a regular feature. Ask your boss for feedback at the end of major projects, for example, or talk to the management team about implementing regular assessments about things you've done to help everyone succeed at their jobs, not just you. Another way for feedback, for example, also is you could talk to your customers, the customers that you're serving, whether they're your internal customers or your external customers. Ask if you're serving them well, ask for their feedback because their feedback will be affirming. The more feedback you receive, the more likely you are going to be successful at your job. This will lead to more positive reinforcement that actually gives you the sense that you're increasing your happiness at work, that you're finding joy at work again. Okay, the next one is my personal number one every year. Only make commitments you can keep. One of the most serious causes of work stress and unhappiness in my own experience and from everything that I've done over the years is failing to keep commitments. In many cases, employees spend more time making excuses for failing to keep their commitments and worrying about the consequences of incomplete tasks that they have spent committing to and that they then have to complete the tasks they need to deliver to do their work successful. If you want to manage your stress levels and minimize your unhappiness at work, then you need to only make commitments you can keep. I know in theory this sounds very logic and quite easy, but for most of us it's actually really challenging to achieve that. 
If your workload is regularly exceeding your available time and your energy, don't accept the unhappy status quo. That's what I tell every one of my clients. Talk to your coworkers to see if anyone else is feeling the same way and then talk to your boss about how the company can provide the additional time, the help or the resources that you need to be more successful at your work to find joy at your work again. You have to talk to your boss. You have to talk to your co-workers. You should only make commitments you can keep. And that's an important step. Now, my personal mantra for 2023 is positive, positive talk, positive topics, positive everything, because we had three really challenging years and that's on my raise the standards list for 2023. And so one of the things that I really wish that I really want to recommend to you is avoid negativity. You know what I'm talking about? If you're participating in a toxic work environment, it'll actually increase your unhappiness, no matter how much you enjoy your job. Don't participate, avoid negativity. Choosing to be happy at work in my uh, songbook actually means that you need to avoid negative conversations. You need to avoid gossip and you need to avoid unhealthy work relationships as much as possible. And that's what I uh, talked about when I talked about raising your standards. No matter how positive you feel about your job, Negative people have a profound impact on your psyche and that's why you should try to do everything you can to avoid negativity. If you find that certain groups are at work are more likely to engage in negative behaviors such as gossip or complaining, then try to distance yourself from these people If and if that's not possible, um, do your best to redirect the conversations onto other more positive topics. That's generally what I do because I can't often escape the negativity of the people that I'm dealing with. And so I'm redirecting it onto more positive topics. You can choose to talk to your employer, of course, about creating better company culture, a culture that values positivity and cooperation. But a word of advice, I don't want to say a word of warning here. It's one thing to talk about better culture. You actually have to lead that culture, right? You have to participate in it. Uh, so if you bring up the culture topic, then you really have to be a leader at it. So rather than competitiveness at that, it's better that you create a happier work environment for all employees by just simply avoiding negativity yourself. That, in my view, is the first step to changing the culture, aside from raising your standards. So what do you say? Does some or all of this sound familiar to you? If it does, you know, feel free to check out my other podcasts on similar topics. There is more on the topic of culture, how to detect a good or a bad culture in a company. That was actually a podcast I did just before the end of 2022. Check that one out. And if you like it, share it, comment on it and, you know, let me know what you think about it. And as always, ask me anything. I really enjoy having comments and questions from my audience. Okay, 
I have three more recommendations for you how you can find joy or refine joy in your work. And this one is probably one of the most difficult ones for everyone. It's the one about finding and practicing professional courage at work. Most people out there are actually afraid of conflict. Most employees are actually professional conflict avoider, especially in a work setting when it feels like conflict can impact their professional future or their job stability and with that their financial security. If you have never learned how to engage in meaningful conflict, having difficult conversations, then you are probably most likely one of the many people who think of this as scary, harmful, and eventually even hurtful. But it doesn't have to be that way. There are some really cool audibles and there are also really good courses on LinkedIn learning about how to have difficult conversations and how to navigate conflict. Conflict can be negative, but if it's done well, conflict can also help you to accomplish your work, your mission, your personal mission, your personal visions. That's why I talk about practicing professional courage. You should try to learn to have challenging, sometimes difficult conversations. I believe that standing up for your principles or your ideas that you believe in can help you to better serve your customers, whether they're internal or external. It can help you to create meaningful change in your work. And most importantly, it can actually help you to be more successful at your job. So what I'm trying to say is if you practice professional courage, then you can also create better opportunities for yourself, either in your current position or in your future or in other careers. And when you stand up for your ideas, for your goals and your dreams, you're more likely to feel proud of yourself and happy with your choices. So practice professional courage. And now what I believe the easiest ones, make friends. I believe because I've always tried it, I've always managed to achieve it, that making friends is the most important thing in finding more joy at your work. Most employees spend a lot of time at work and enjoying the co-workers that you spend time with is, in my view, the hallmark of a positive work experience feeling understood and valued by even just one co-worker, which becomes a friend, especially if that someone interacts with you regularly, daily, that can significantly increase your daily happiness at work. That's the factor, the number one factor in my songbook to really finding joy at work. So I always try to make friends. I believe in relationship building and I would really encourage you make friends at work. And last but not least, friends, if all fails, job searching is not a bad thing. It'll actually make you smile. You really don't need to love your job, but it shouldn't make you miserable on a regular basis as well. 
if creating any happiness at work feels impossible for you, if you feel that you are stuck in a toxic work culture, or if you feel that you're stuck in a job that simply cannot be a good fit for you, then I would say you need to start to search for a new job because that's the only thing that will make you smile. If that's the case, if that's your situation, it may be time to reevaluate your employer, to reevaluate your job or your entire career. Even if you have to remain in your current position for a while longer, actively searching for a new job that is more in line with your professional interests and your personal values, your raised or lifted standards, that may be the best thing you can do to gain a sense of control and to put a smile back on your face once more. Whatever you decide to do, remember to hunt wisely and to tick all the right boxes. 